18 of the NFL season is upon us as the Minnesota Vikings head east to face the Detroit Lions this upcoming Sunday. This is the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. My name is Gabe Henderson. I'm alongside Vikings.com's Tatum Everett, Fox 9's Ahmad Hicks, our guy, and then our producer, Mr. Eric Davidson. Ahmad, we start with first things first. This Minnesota Vikings team is 7-9 and nine and still has an opportunity to make the playoffs. Yeah, you need help. Right. But at the same time, when you, I guess, lose to the Green Bay Packers in the fashion that you did, how do you see this team bouncing back in the regular season finale against the Detroit Lions? I don't know how they bounce back, Gabe. It's something that's a question I've been asked several times this week, and my, my thought process behind that, when Coach O'Connell has his team meeting, well, had the team meeting this morning, how did he motivate these guys to get behind who's ever playing quarterback in this last month of the season? Yep. You literally had your playoff fate in your hands, win, and you're in, and they lost three straight games. And it's like, how do we get motivated to go play a Detroit Lions team that has everything to play for right yep. now? So I don't know where they go from here. I don't know how they get motivated. Justin Jefferson said they want to bring their A game on Sunday, kind of go out on a high note. But like I said, there's so many variables. 3% chance. Amad, Three. you're saying there's, there's a, a chance. chance. There's a chance. Three, <laughs> probably have a better chance to win the lottery, but hey. <laughs> Stranger things have happened before. For sure. Uh, they would join very rare company if they were to make the postseason yeah. this mm-hmm. year. Uh, especially the fact that I think they'd be the sixth team ever to have a losing record to mm. be in the playoffs. So it's definitely something that is a stretch, yeah. but you do have something to play for. I think despite the low percentage, this team doesn't really want that salty taste in their mouth as they head into the offseason. And a lot of these guys will return. Mm-hmm. And you've got uh, a really, it was just not the, the end of the season they wanted. No. You know, I, it, it's kind of felt like it was a... Um, a sandwich, right? Like you had like the, like it hasn't been. It was a nice. It was a nice mid season, and it's just kind of take, it tuckered out. Yeah, you know, it, it, if you had to ask the Vikings before the season started if they could go into Detroit with the chance to go to the playoffs if they win that game at the beginning of the season, I think all the players would have signed up and said, "Sign me up for that. Yeah. We'll take that." You know. And speaking to the guys after they lost to Detroit here at US Bank Stadium, all of them were motivated. They're like, "We're going to get them back. That was a fluke. This game shouldn't have happened." And then the Green Bay game happens, and it's like, man, like, how do you carry over what momentum, little momentum that you had to this game? And like Tatum said, there is a chance to go to the playoffs and stuff like that, but you got to look back three weeks ago when the bigger picture was there for the playoffs and all you had to do was win. It was a lot easier now than putting your faith into three other teams that you need to lose this Sunday. So complicated. I mean, but look, still somewhat of a good season because after the Josh Dobbs mania, the whole city was riding high. We were talking about playoffs. We were talking about how much this team had overcome this season, how well Coach Flores has done. And then I think everything just started to crumble all at one time. You know, this is a long football season. It's very hard to be successful through eight. Weeks and we saw a catch up. Yeah, I just think it's for for me personally. It's just how the injuries started to stack up later in the year. Of course, uh, Justin Jefferson goes down against the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's like, okay, well, well what do we do? And then the right. Vikings rattle off a five game win streak. During that win streak, Kirk Cousins goes down. So just understanding the injuries. I mean, injuries happen to every team every time of the year, but at, for, but for the Vikings, you look at it and say that the importance of those injuries how that affected where this team is right now. How, how how big do you think early in the season, those couple of losses, how do you think that dictated, you know, kind of where we are right now with 
trying to still figure out how do we get into the playoffs. Oh, it means everything. Because if you just clean up some of those turnovers in the first five games where the Vikings went one and four, they're yeah. probably four and one. And now we're not talking about needing to win to go into the playoffs. You kind of you could have got some of those wins in the middle of the season like Tatum talked about, and then everything's good. Now you're just talking about getting healthy, resting your guys going into the playoffs. But it's hard to overcome injuries in the NFL, yeah. but yet every team has to do it. And I think the Vikings did pretty much a good job of it. But the two injuries that I don't think they could overcome – DJ Wanham mm. and Byron Murphy Jr. Mm. Byron Murphy hasn't been out there. Mm. That's been a huge part of their downfall the last couple of weeks. And then missing DJ Wanham, show versus the Packers. The Vikings couldn't get any rush on Jordan Love. So I think that's what it all boiled down to is injuries for this team. Because yep. if everybody's healthy, even without Kirk Cousins, they're still a playoff team. Easily. I mean, the injuries, I think, and, and you, said, you said every team goes through it. And I really mm-hmm. do truly feel that way, obviously. It just has felt like it really hit the people that it just couldn't hit this time around. This oh, yeah. team was very delicately built. You know, mm-hmm. they're very intentional with what they where they place things uh, and the depth that they had in those certain positions. And I think at times it was it showed that maybe the depth wasn't as good as they right. wanted it to be there. They needed their number one guys in there. And and for me, that's that's the main thing. It was the weird turnover issues that mm-hmm. you thought could be solved after week five when they started the win streak and then they they come back to haunt you in the end but then again that's also when you have all the injuries especially as the quarterback position I think if you had said again before season oh you'll be still with a chance this is very still a chance <laughs> right. at the at the final game and you've had four quarterbacks I think that's also something you're like wow really how how are they able to do that yeah it's it's hard to build that continuity when you don't even know who your quarterback is and I said that very on true. our I, by, uh, Fox 9 podcast the other day you know as a former wide receiver you love your playbook because the base play playbook is put in at the beginning of the season. Yep. And then in the middle of the season and later on, you just get all those new wrinkles on ways to get the ball. Yep. But when you put in, you're putting in a new quarterback, you're not getting many new wrinkles. You're going back to the basic plays, the basic formations, and it kind of hinders what you can do offensively. And I think Coach O'Connell had to spend a lot of time evaluating his own team and who was going to play rather than dissecting his game plan about how to attack these defenses. Yeah. So I think this was Kevin O'Connell's like – toughest stretch that maybe he's been through as a coach. I don't know all about his coaching past, but I know last year he had all the pieces. He had all the veterans. Everybody was there. This year he was riddled with injuries, had to come up with a new playbook on the fly week in and week out, and that is absolutely hard to do. So Kevin O'Connell did a great job, but I also think he could have done better. Um, and I think that's where he'll try and build on this offseason and understand that, hey, if the offense is tailored around J.J., I got to do better making sure that we have backup pieces in case a guy like that goes down or making sure that this offense is complementary to every quarterback and not just Kirk Cousins or Nick Mullins. I mean, you, you hit that right on the head. I, I've told this story a few times. I was in Washington during the same time that Kevin O'Connell was there in 2018. He was the offensive coordinator. And that was the year that Alex Smith broke his leg. Mm. And Alex Smith broke his leg two weeks later. Colt McCoy starts the game afterwards. Two weeks later, Colt McCoy, he breaks his leg. Mm -hmm. Then we go Mark Sanchez, then Josh Johnson. And we go through a four-quarterback system in about a span of five to six weeks. And uh, I was saying, well, if anybody's built for Kirk Cousins getting injured here or a quarterback carousel here, Kevin O'Connell is. And Initially, we saw what that what that looked like, but still, like no matter if you've been through this thing three or four times, it's so tough to change your game plan midweek. Mm-hmm. I mean, just I just remember being here when Jaron Hall was getting his first start in the NFL against the Atlanta Falcons, and I mean, I get here early. I'm here at like 7 a.m., and Jaron Hall was like walking with this iPad, mm-hmm. finishing up his breakfast, walking out the hallway, and I'm like. 
dude, I can only imagine what that week looked like. On top of Josh Dobbs staying here on a Friday, going through about 300 plays on the playbook with the assistant quarterbacks coach, just trying to figure out the game plan. So you, you really can't make this up, Ahmad. And I know uh, just being a, a DB, a former DB in yourself, when you, when you see a different quarterback every game, the first thing you look at and say is like, I should be getting some interceptions. Absolutely. And and that that's no <laughs> fault to Kevin O'Connell. That's no fault to Nick Mullins or, or anybody. Mm-hmm. It's just the the name of the game. And like the timing's it, not there. Exactly. So you you watch film, you know how a receiver runs his route, you know, after several couple of weeks, but the quarterback still has to decipher that timing yeah. and when to release that football. And so the D B may have done better homework and like, look, I know on this drop he's gonna do this, so I can go cut this off. It's it's as a DB, you're licking your chomps when you see all these different quarterbacks come right. in and whatnot, because you're like, look, they don't know what they're <laughs> doing. They're still trying to find some confidence when they get out there. Whereas if number eight was out there, you're like, all right, let me be a little timid because right. I know if I misstep right here he's gonna fire it past me so you know it's it definitely the defensive backs have had an advantage this year especially not having Justin Jefferson right. and then he comes back and TJ Hawkinson goes down right. so it's the, the offense never had their full arsenal like we expected I mean you talk about the running backs they bring in Cam Akers he tears his Achilles right. like it just seems the offensive line Darius Hall was out some games O'Neal Bradbury it's just just so much inconsistency on that offense. It's kind of hard to place the blame on Coach O'Connell and be like, you know what, they should have done better. It's right. like, you 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 get dealt that hand of cards and then go make something happen. It's well, hard. and they were still in so many one-score games yeah. at the same time, right. which yeah. is incredible to think with mm-hmm. all of that incontinuity. Yeah. Right. I mean, I just I always say, like, tell a, a, a or <laughs> somebody who makes – Seafood every day. Right. Tell them to don't make seafood today and go make steak. And they've never made steak before, like, well, or they've what, only where made. Where do steak. I start? Exactly. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, it takes time to start to build the recipe for success. And uh, we we know we we have that in this building. It's just been kind of tough trying to figure that out. And I mean, kudos to to Brian Flores uh, earlier this year trying to, you know, help the offense for with sure. the defensive side of the ball blitzing, showing disguises, but but still. Last game, losing 33-10, to 10, a lot of people look at that and say, well, where does the defense go from mm. here? And I guess that's my question for you before we go to break. <laughs> you know, that's a good question. One I've been asked this week, too. I don't think it's on Flores. I think he's, li- like we said, coming into the season. Coach Flores did not have a lot of star power when we talk about best defenses in the NFL. He inherited a defense that was ranked 31st last year. And just up until a couple of weeks ago, that defensive unit was ranked top 10. Crazy. With minimal pieces, with Jordan Hicks being out, and you know only having DJ Wanham and Daniel Hunter to get after the quarterback, and not having any real star power at the cornerback position. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when you look at Brian Flores' schemes of late. It's always like we're going to blitz you, we're going to get after the quarterback, and we're going to play man-to-man coverage. We're going to put our best corner guys, cover guys, on the best receivers. You can't do that with this defense. And they play a lot of zone. And what we saw versus Green Bay was Jordan Love was not that inexperienced quarterback that we saw that first time around. Okay, yeah. He had ch- he had a chance to go back, look at the film, break it all down. Because once you get past the smoke and mirrors and the seven or eight guys at the line of scrimmage and you realize that these two are dropping out, these guys are sliding over here, you don't have to rush through your reads anymore. More. So when you pick up your pass protection and there's no rush getting after you, Jordan Love was just able to sit back and just pick the zone apart because yep. the Vikings are a zone-heavy team. So I think that the Vikings need to improve defensively in the offseason, whether that's the cornerback position, the interior defensive line, or just the outside linebacker position. I, I think that Coach Flores only had a certain number of tools to work with, and at the end of the season, those tools started to wear out. Mm-hmm. And so now he needs to resharpen that toolkit. He needs to go get some more tools and some more people because we all talked about Coach Flores just putting guys in the right position to make plays. 
Now you need game changers and playmakers. You don't. You just don't need system guys. You need guys that go out there and go change games on Sunday afternoons. Well, yeah, game changers for sure. We're going to need our game changers to step up in the regular season finale this upcoming Sunday against the Detroit Lions. We will have more with Ahmad Hicks right here on the Minnesota Vikings podcast right after the break. Spalon Montage is the Twin Cities premier salon and spa destination and proud official hair sponsor of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. With three convenient locations in Edina, Woodbury, and Chanhassen, there is a Spalon close to you. Visit online at Spalon.com. Say hello to flawlessly smooth skin at Pure Lux Med Spa, the preferred med spa of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. Specializing in elite laser hair removal, body contouring, Botox, cosmetic filter, and age-defying skincare treatments such as Diamond Glow and Skin Pen for collagen induction therapy. For more information, visit mypurelux.com backslash Vikings for exclusive offers to Vikings fans. That's www.mypurelux.com backslash Vikings. Welcome back to the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. I'm Gabe Henderson. I'm inside the TCO radio studio with Tatum Everett from Vikings.com, Fox Nons, Ahmad Hicks, and our producer, Eric Davidson. Guys, we were talking about just where do the Vikings go from here right before the break, and um, it's now time to move on to talk about this upcoming Sunday. With this Detroit Lions team, uh, that is locked into that three seed, mm-hmm. playing in their regular season home finale. They're going to get a home game next week against the the Los Angeles Rams. But still, when you look at just recipes for success for the Vikings, where do you start when it comes to this Week 18 matchup against the Lions? Amad? Fast, fearless, physical football, leaving it all out on mm-hmm. the table. This is not the time where you'd be like, oh, well, you know, I want to get through the, the, the season, you know, uninjured and get to the offseason healthy. You got to leave it all out on the line. Yep. Like, I'm not telling anybody to go out there and go get injured, but, like, this Detroit Lions is, has everything to play for. They have several guys coming back from injury, like C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who just mm-hmm. want to get out there and get some reps and get some live action before the playoffs start. So these guys are coming in. And they're going all out. And so the Vikings can't come in there with this timid mindset like, well, you know, it is our last game. I just want to get through it. You know, don't get hurt. If you go through that, it's going to be 40 to nothing like on Sunday. So they got to come out there and play like they have everything to lose. Play like if they win, they get in the playoffs. Because if they don't take care of business, there's no chance to get in the playoffs. So they have to play like they have nothing. I mean, everything to play for and uh, nothing to lose and got to give it their all. That's where they start. I want to see aggressive, aggressive play. I feel like this is your time, too, as a coach. Not that not that I'm telling them what to do. But, uh, tell them, tell them. They totally listen, right? <laughs> um, to, to make those play calls that you maybe wanted to test out, that mm-hmm. you wanted to see, like what works, what doesn't work. Could I use Ty Chandler next season in this capacity? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're trying to evaluate your current roster and what's going on. You have a lot of decisions this offseason. These guys are also playing for their contracts, playing for future contracts potentially with other teams. Mm-hmm. So I think like you want they wanted this I think they want to put good tape out there and I think that this coaching staff could really learn a lot from their players. Maybe putting them in more aggressive situations. For sure. That's a good point. I yeah. mean you you're everything that you're doing right now is playing for your next contract. Like mm-hmm. this is a, a resume building game as far as what whatever I put on tape, that next team is going to see. I mean we I mean there's over 20 guys on their last year of their deal right here on this current Minnesota Vikings roster. So you just be a professional if you're you're Justin Jefferson, like he said in his uh, interview or his press conference earlier this week. I mean, no matter who's that quarterback, 
You just got to go out there and make the plays. I mean, yeah. Kevin O'Connell said, you know, Jaron Hall, this is not the end of it's the not. future of Jaron Hall. Like, he's just a young guy that got his first ever home start his rookie <laughs> season against – Prime uh, time well, against ex- the Packers. Exactly, on New Year's <laughs> Eve. So his his time here is not done. Neither is Nick Mullins. And no. uh, if you're Nick Mullins, and let's, let's just hypothetically say, and I'm not saying – I mean, as we record this podcast, we don't know no. who's starting, and I have no insight. But if you're Nick Mullins and you've played the Lions a couple of weeks ago and you threw for uh, a career day, mm-hmm. chances are – if you're Justin Jefferson, you're saying, well, look, I'm, I'm going to break the 1,000-yard mark this year. For Justin sure. Jefferson is 118 yards away yep. from getting his, what, fourth consecutive 1,000-yard mm-hmm. season. And uh, it's not about all the stats. I mean, stats isn't everything, but it's when you look it. at long-term, long-term longevity and that, that argument, uh, if you're J.J., like, I, I need 118. Like, if I'm Nick Mullins, I want the ball. Well, because, I was going to say, I mean, yeah. in, that, in that case, you have to put Mullins in, right? Man, I mean, who else the, is going to get J.J. in? There. Put, <laughs> give me my 118. But I think Nick, Nick Mullins is your best chance for J.J. to hit that record. Look, I know I'll, it's not about that. Yeah. Com- if you look at the stats, you're, com- yeah. you're yeah. completely right. I'll say this. Nick Mullins threw for 700 yards in two games. You had a chance to win versus the Bengals. It was the defense that couldn't get the job done. Versus the Lions, he did miss a wide-open Justin Jefferson at the end of the game. So what? Quarterbacks miss throws all the time. He threw for 400 yards versus this team. They came within one score of beating them. What more can you ask for? Like, at the beginning of the season when the Vikings started 1-3 or 1-4, Kirk Cousins was throwing the ball for a lot of yards, but he was turning the ball over. It was the same story for Nick Mullins, so I didn't understand the benching. But, I mean, that's a fair a fair statement uh, for sure. I think you saw the pop that they had when they came out in the second half and you do kind of wonder to yourself if if I, I think that's an, a question anyone would ask themselves is uh, if Mullins had started what would have been the difference right. um, however I do understand why coach made yep. that decision you know I think at this point in time you are just doing your best to try and find something that sticks and it's I always make the, the analogy <laughs> it's like when you're cooking pasta and you need to you need to throw it at the wall to see if it's ready and see what sticks and um, I think that's kind of what they're doing right now which is why going back to the first half of the show I want to see the aggressive mindset I want to see you know I I don't know who I I mean he's got a tough decision ahead of him there are three mm-hmm. guys out there like does he throw a curveball and throw out Dobbs like who would all lose their minds you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I, am I here for the entertainment value? Of course I am. So I don't know. I, I'm kind of excited to see. It's it's a. I feel sometimes, honestly, like while we've been waiting out these quarterback announcements, it's like <laughs> taken me back to my college football covering days because I feel like you know in, in those days you would always just like wait and see who so and so would mm-hmm. say was starting, and then we're, we're kind of felt like I was back there because I really haven't felt that in right, the NFL right, right. in a long time. I mean. LSU's quarterback situations. They they. Let's, I, let's, I, let's I, move I, on to the next subject. You know what? I was about to like they figured it out now with Jaden Daniels. They got a high. He's gone now. They had they've had back. He's leaving now. They have had back to back great guys, highs and winners. That's we true. love that for us. That's but, true. But, um, I, I was about to give you props. I was about to yeah, say LSU finally yeah, figured it out. I also lived through the if you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks and all that talk that we used to go through. And that's, that's true. I didn't say that about this team. I mean, because right now, <laughs> no matter the position, there's only one quarterback on the roster or only one quarterback that can play at one time in a game. I mean, you got you can have two running backs in the game at one time, two receivers, so on and so forth. But that quarterback, you have to make a firm decision. And 
Uh, Kevin O'Connell, each week when he's addressed the media, he's been firm about his decision, you know, kind of no matter what the, the, the press or outside opinion has thought about him. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm firm on no matter if it's right or wrong, make a full speed decision. And if you're firm with that, then so be it. If you were to put on the Kevin O'Connell hat, yeah. who are you going with? Hmm. I uh, feel like you Kurt showed your Cousins. hand maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel Number like you eight. maybe showed your hand a little bit earlier in the Honestly, podcast. Honestly, I don't think it matters. And I'm going to yeah. be honest with you guys. Like, just put anybody out there right now. See yeah. what you got. May, give Josh Dobbs an opportunity to redeem himself so he can go get some money and be a backup quarterback this offseason. Do you put three active quarterbacks no, 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 on the no, no. roster? I, well, so here's my thing. Nick Mullins so and Jared Hall are under contract through next season anyway, That's fair. regardless. So I think if if we're doing a service to anybody, it's putting Josh Dobbs out there because either he sinks or he swims. And you know what I'm saying? Like, give him a chance to make some money, redeem himself after those two bad weeks that he had. Maybe he does well and gives you some some momentum to head into the offseason with and, uh, you know, go from there. I look at it and say, you know, like – while everything sounds good, I, I just know that the comp- – I mean, you you play ball, mm-hmm. right? Like, in that locker room, mm-hmm. nobody is thinking about next week. Like, everybody is thinking about, all right, what do we got to do to win this game? Because, one, if we win, whatever, say what you want. Right. You, you end the season on a high right. note. Just think about the Lions last year. They mm-hmm. knew – I mean, the Vikings have a chance, but the Lions last year did not have a chance nope. before they played the Green Bay Packers. And then that statement win mm-hmm. that they put on primetime against the Green Bay Packers, like say what you want, but everything from that game as far as momentum translated to this season. For so sure. No, no yeah, matter, it catapulted them, I think, into being the media darling. Exactly. I get it. I get it that the Vikings fans are going to be in Detroit this upcoming Sunday, and it's going to be a big-time big time NFL matchup as this Detroit Lions team are looking to close their season out strong, but this Minnesota Vikings team is looking to close their season out even stronger. No matter how you look at the records, this is a divisional foe. And as you can tell – this is going to be a physical game. Every time you get a divisional foe, every game is going to be physical, where there's starters, backups, coaches, so on and so forth. Am I going to be there? Yes, I will be there. I leave Very Saturday nice. morning. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. We leave, er- too, we leave yeah. earlier than you guys, nice. I know. Yeah, so you we, got we'll, plans? I do not have plans. We get there, I think, around noon or something like that. So got a I have couple the of live shots, free. huh? No, no live shots. Just put together a little story for the nighttime we'll show. And then, uh, you know, I'm free. So if you guys have plans, invite me. I'm free. I was looking at uh, Keith Lee's TikTok. He, I guess there's a Ooh. food hall in Detroit okay. that uh, is pretty popular. So I think that's where I'll be. That I, I think delicious. we'll have to hit that up yeah, then. Yeah. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exciting. We'll see you on Fox Game Day Live yes, uh, that yes. morning beginning at 10 a.m. And we'll have all the optimism on, on that show. We'll talk about how the Vikings need to pull off the win and yep. in what ways they will win so I'll be more optimistic than I am now yeah. in, this, in this podcast <laughs> I will have more optimism on Sunday morning think, for Vikings game day live. I think honesty is key. It yeah is. I agree and I, and, I, and, and that's why I'm glad we had a healthy conversation about you know what the Vikings need to do going forward win, lose or draw and we'll see this upcoming Sunday 12 noon kickoff on Fox at Ford Field. So for Ahmad Hicks, Tatum Everett, our producer Eric Davidson, my name is Gabe Henderson and thank you guys again for tuning into the Minnesota the Vikings podcast brought to you by Pepsi. Pepsi, that's what I Whether you are hosting a tailgate party or getting together with family and friends for the holidays, dairy is a staple to bring creamy, rich goodness to your table. Find delicious new recipes at usdairy.com to up your game. Brought to you by Undeniably Dairy.